we're, we're kind of transitioning, I guess, and from what I've been preaching about to, I don't know where, um, but this message kind of tags along with uh, last week. Remember, we've been talking about sowing seeds and God uh, calling us or our responsibility when it comes to sowing seeds. Um, we talked about planting seeds. We talked about trusting God. Uh, we talked about the promise of a seed and how much there is there. We talked about all these things. And last week we talked about kind of our responsibility when the fruit comes, that God's calling us to kind of keep an eye on our crops, our harvest. Uh, the word I used were watchmen. That was the example from the Old Testament, how God's calling us to be a watchman. And I realized that for some, and even for me at times, that can be just a confusing idea. Like, what does it mean to be a watchman? What am I watching for? I mean, what am I, you know, I mean, if we see a lion, we know what a lion is, but what if it's not? And so I wanted to kind of continue that thought process a little bit today uh, about what we're watching for. Um, there's a current social media, I'm so glad you're here, Amanda. I am so glad that you're with us today. There's like this social media trend, I don't know if, you, if you're on social media or just kind of viral things, um, about this recording. And many of you have heard this at this point with me at some point because it's, it's profound in my mind. Uh, there's a recording. There were these kids in a college classroom, and they were looking up a word. And so when they looked up the word, they went to the pronunciation. You know how on dictionary.com you can click the little ear thing and tell you what the word sounds like. I do that sometimes with my sermons, so I sound smart when I'm reading some of those names in the Old Testament that none of us know. So anyway, so they're in this classroom, and they play the, the, the recording, and they're confused because in that room they're hearing two very uh, different things. So Irene, I want you to go ahead and play the Laurel. recording. Laurel. Laurel. Okay, pause that. Laurel. What did people hear? Okay. So what did, what did you guys hear over here? You heard Laurel? Laurel? We got Laurels. What did you get, Mike? Amy. Okay, there we go. Now, what was so crazy about this? I thought, like, social media was one of those trick things, you know, like where they're actually playing two different recordings because how can? So when I first heard this, I came home, and I sat Tim down, and I said, listen to this. Tell me what you hear. And she looks at me as plain as day, and she says she hears yamming. And I'm thinking, this woman is absolutely crazy. Because all I hear when that recording plays is Laurel. And how in the world can I hear Laurel and her hear Yammy? I mean, there's some kind of crazy juju, booju, whatever stuff going on. I mean, what in the world is happening? Uh, go ahead and play that just to bring some people into perspective uh, of what others are doing. Yeah. Go ahead and go to one extreme yeah. or the other. Yeah. Yeah. So those who heard Laurel, Laurel, you should hear Laurel, Laurel now. Everybody hear Laurel, Laurel. now? And then if yeah. she goes to the other side, yeah. you start hearing this Yanny yeah. or Laurel or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead and yeah. pause that. My wife... I was a wise husband for once. Amen? For once. Um, I've told some people my college roommate nickname for me was Mr. Right because I had to be right about everything. 
didn't matter if it was worth arguing about or not. I was going to be right and I was going to prove it. In this moment, I knew I was right. And I knew my wife was wrong. I knew I was right and I knew my wife was wrong because if you go to dictionary.com and you type in the word laurel, this is the definition they will play. So in that moment, I had a choice to make. In the past, it would have been an argument. Are you absolutely out of your mind? Don't you hear Laurel? And I would have tried to convince her of what she was hearing, but that argument would have been foolish. And so what happened was my wife, because she wanted to try and hear what I was hearing, she just continued to play the recording. And probably five minutes later, she hollers at me, I hear it. I started to think, there's got to be a spiritual application in what's happening here. I mean, how in the world can we be listening to the exact same thing, yet hear two almost opposite phrases? But is that not what happens in the world every day? When I watch a football game and my beloved Bengals are playing, if they happen to be playing your beloved Broncos or whoever you might like, our perception of that game will be very different depending on how it plays out. We will watch the exact same play, and I will tell you the referee is blind, and you'll tell me he made the right call. Isn't that what happens with accidents? We have witnesses, and they've seen what took place. They've watched the very same thing, yet they have two completely different stories. I mean, how? Why does God give us a language where someone can hear something as foolish as Yanni when they're speaking Laurel? I started to recognize for a believer the challenge that God started to place for me was what am I what am I hearing? Am I hearing the truth? Or am I hearing something else? What am I Hearing. There's this weird phrase. We see it kind of seasoned throughout the Gospels and also in the book of Revelation. We talked about the parable of the sower. Remember that parable that we started with a long time ago where there's a guy goes out and he plants seed everywhere. Some falls on rocky places. Some falls on the path. And Jesus finishes that. But then there's this transition statement that just seems so silly. Mark chapter 4, verse 9. Right in the middle of the parable of the sower, Jesus said to them, whoever has ears, let them hear. What do you mean whoever has ears? Who has ears? We all do, right? But obviously some people with ears aren't hearing. Some people who have ears, they're only hearing what they want to hear. They're not hearing what God is communicating. And so he says, let them who have ears, uh, let them hear. The word that I've come up with, the, the, the church word for this is we need spiritual discernment. 
We've got to discern what is being spoken. Hopefully when you come to church and pastor is speaking, you're not just accepting everything that pastor says, but you're allowing discernment. We're responsible for what we hear. We're responsible for what truth we're hearing. Jesus is saying, he just spoke the truth. He spoke this parable. And I'll tell you, his, his disciples, they were the first ones that said, hey, I didn't get it. I must not have heard something, right? His followers, they came and said, we didn't get it. Can you please explain? They had to work on their discernment. If we're going to be watchmen, if we're going to be watching our harvest, we have to know where the threats are. Remember the old wolf in sheep's clothing analogy? There's lots of sheep's clothing out there that's coming to threaten our harvest, to threaten our crops. And we have to recognize, we have to understand what is truth and what is not. What is his word and what is just what I'm hearing? And that little tool that was a New York Times tool, you can move it to the left and right on that slider, and you can begin to hear because of the way at which you're listening. And so this morning might be a challenge to tune your ears a little bit. It might be a challenge to listen. It might be a challenge just to sit and let the Word repeat over and over and over again until you really hear what God's saying, but that we have to, as, as the body of Christ, as the ones He's doing a new work inside of, we have to have spiritual discernment. Look, we did communion this morning. I love this. Well, I guess I, I should read the, the Scripture. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. Uh, For a time will come, this is the time that we're living in, when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth, and they will turn aside to myths. You see, there's something about perspective in what we hear. And sometimes we hear what we want to hear. And when I watch the Bengals play, I see what I want to see. And so it's a hold on just about every play because that's what I'm looking for. He was talking about discernment. We did the Lord's Supper this morning. You know when Jesus first talked about the Lord's Supper, it messed people up. I mean, it messed them up big time. John chapter 6 is where I'll be at. In that chapter, he starts teaching about living water and being uh, the the bread of life. And he's talked through all this stuff. And then I'm going to pick up in in about verse 51. I'm the living bread, Jesus said, that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which which I give, will give for the life of the world. Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, they have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Jesus is talking to the Jews, and they're hearing. I mean, we just did this this morning, right? 
Did anybody freak out when we talked about communion today? Did anybody struggle when we said that his body is broken for you and, and we're doing this? Did anybody wrestle with the thought of, of, of the blood of the new covenant, the cup of the new covenant, which is the blood of Jesus Christ? We didn't wrestle with it at all. We got perspective. Jesus spoke this, and they didn't have ears to hear. So what did they start doing? This dude is absolutely crazy. He's a cannibal. He wants us to go chomp on his feet so we can have everlasting life. This is ridiculous. He thinks I'm going to... I'm not drinking an animal's blood, let alone a man's blood. Was it truth? We just talked about it this morning. Was it truth? Was what Jesus was speaking truth? Yes. But it says, on hearing this, many of his disciples, who were the disciples? Weren't they his followers? These aren't just the onlookers. These are the ones that have left To follow him. Many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. I don't hear it. I don't get it. Who can accept it? In verse 66, if you just go down just a little bit further, it says, from this time, no, we're right there. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. One of the only times in Scripture we see like the failure... In our eyes of Jesus Christ's ministry, right? Many of those who were following him turned their back and stopped following him. Why? Because they didn't have ears to hear the truth. They couldn't practice discernment. They didn't comprehend what Jesus was teaching. And because what he was teaching was too hard for them to understand, they just kept hearing Yanny, and he was saying Laurel, and they just didn't get it. They decided rather than rustle, they would just go back home. We absolutely need discernment. It is imperative that as children of God, we recognize what he is saying. Scripture is clear, and there's warnings about this time. It says in 1 John chapter 4, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Acts chapter 20, the early church is just getting started I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and they will do what? They will distort the truth in order to draw disciples away from them. We absolutely have a need for spiritual discernment. We need to be watchmen over what we listen to and what we're believing. Matthew chapter 24, I must have forgot this slide. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. It says, this is Jesus speaking, For false Christs 
and false prophets will, perform, or will, will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. There's a warning that is consistent in Scripture. There will be false prophets. There will be false truths that we as believers will need to, to practice discernment. Second Peter chapter 1 or chapter 2. There were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, um, who bought them, being swift destruction on them. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring uh, in the way of truth into disrepute. We absolutely need to discern what we're hearing. I know, th- th- I said those weren't on there. That's fine. I, I, I must have forgot that. As a believer, you're responsible for what you hear. As a shepherd, I will do my best to filter every truth that comes through me through the Word of God. But in your life, you are the one responsible for what you hear. You're the one who needs to be on guard. You're the one who needs to keep watch. You're the one who needs to test and decide if this Spirit is from God or if this Spirit is from man. We're given that authority. But too often whether it's been produced by the church or it's been something that that we've just done, the church were just blind followers. I mean, you read things sometimes and you wonder how. Remember that whole Koresh thing in Texas where they drank the Kool-Aid or whatever and they're all going to catch the comet, the alien spaceship behind a comet? We read that stuff and we're like, how in the world can anyone in their right mind believe that? But Scripture's clear. There's going to be plenty of sheeps or wolves that, that come in sheep's clothing, and they're going to try to introduce just destructive heresies. I mean, they're going to sound good. Love, right? We love everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, love, it covers a multitude of sins. We hear about it today. But, but the world right now is taking love to an extreme that the gospel is not. The gospel is clear. Without discipline, there isn't love. He disciplines those he loves. But when we start to rebuke or correct, we're told we don't have love. We have to have a filter. We have to be able to discern, is that the world speaking or is that God speaking? Is God asking me where my love is or is the world asking me where my love is? Keep watch. Quiz time. Quiz time. Go ahead and pull my quiz time slide up. That's on there. Quiz time. I got ten, ten of them. Whoa, whoa, don't get ahead of me. Ten questions. And I'm going to ask you one simple question. Is this in the Bible or not? So your goal is to see how many out of my ten you get right. Okay. Bible or not, God helps those who help themselves. You don't have to answer out loud if you don't want to. If you want to and you, you want to step out, that's fine. But God helps those who help themselves. Does everybody have an answer? Okay, go, go ahead and show it. 
It's not. That was a phrase that was popularized by Benjamin Franklin. All right, next one. Spare, will you get the next one? Am I ahead of you? Sorry. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Is that in the Bible or is that not? All right, go ahead and pull my slide up. Not quite. The scripture actually says uh, that, that people base this on is Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spares the rod does what? It's not spoil. It's, it's hates their child. That is the NIV, but I checked it in the King James just in case. I gotcha. I know that's the truth. And some people, I, I promise I verify these and what I thought people's translations would be. It's not quite what the word says, but we've heard it enough that I, most of us say, yeah, that's, that's scripture. That's the word. All right, let's keep going. God works in mysterious ways. Scripture or not? Not really. I mean, we can probably see that proof through Scripture, but it was actually a hymn by some dude. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. I didn't listen to it on dictionary.com. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Is that Scripture or not? All right, that one is in there. Joellen is assertive about that one. 2 Timothy chapter 1. How about this next one? The lion shall lay down with the lamb. Is that scripture or not? Let's see, not really. Isaiah chapter 11, where this comes from, reads, The wolf will lay with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. So I guess they're all laying together, but we read lion and lamb, and we leave out the wolf and the, and the goats and the cows and whatever else. We got pictures we sell, right, that, that say that. They got the lion and lamb laying there, and, the, and, and we say the lion will lay down. Well, it's not really Scripture. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. Is that scripture or is that not? That's in the Bible. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. I'm glad I'm here and I think so now. These are the seven deadly sins. Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Is that scripture or not? We got an argument in here. It is not scripture. My iPad stopped working. That was a philosophy that was adapted right around in 4th century Christianity. Proverbs talks about detestable sins, but it doesn't list those sins. I I looked them up. I got you. Bible or not, once saved, always saved. Well, that's a common phrase. It's not in the Bible, but a common phrase used by a lot of Christians. Bible or not, all things work together for good. That's a part. Thank you, Joel. And I said, Bible mostly. I said, but it should include to those that love God. Do you see the difference in that phrase if you omit the second half? All things work together for good. That sounds great. But what's the promise? Who's that meant for? To them that love God. You see why it's important that we, we have 
discernment? Cleanliness is next to godliness. It is not, but that was a phrase that was popularized by John Wesley. Whoever has ears, let them hear. That's in there. That's in there. It's so important, church. And and these little exercises, I'll be honest, I missed one or two of those myself. Because they challenge us. I mean, we hear the spare the rod, spoil the child our whole lives. And we just assume that that's in the Word. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people where they say, the Bible says, I don't know where, but I know it says. And typically when I say that, my spiritual discernment goes up. Because if you don't know where it says it, and we can't look at it together, then I better check it out for myself. But so many people have told us what the Bible says that aren't speaking what the Bible says. Who's responsible? Let he who has ears, let them hear. It's your responsibility to to discern. And maybe you might catch yourself. The Bible says, (laughs) well, wait a minute. I better get out King James and make sure it doesn't say that. So what do we do? How do we discern? I mean, what's important for us when it comes to discernment? I think, hopefully we can all see that's important. I mean, again, people are hearing Laurel and Yanny, not Laurel and Hardy, but Laurel and Yanny. How do we know the truth? Well, I start with my foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, there, There's no foundation. No one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. My foundation has to be on Him. Right? If my foundation is on anything else, if my foundation is anywhere else, I'm not going to be able to fully discern. I have to make sure my foundation, what does that mean? Everything that's built up comes from that. That means that I've accepted, uh, well, I was almost going to correct you this morning because you said Jesus is Savior, but he says Lord and Savior, which for some that's a profound correction for them because, and I'm not, you know, I mean, just because I'm in my, in my uh, ultra-sensitive, Walt was very correct in what he said, uh, pastor mode, but, but, but the scripture says very clearly, if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. I mean, that's the foundation I have to build on. I cannot change that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I will not hear. I will not be able to discern truth unless I'm I'm built on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. I have to be solid on that foundation. Ephesians chapter 4, it says, We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and, and blown from here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love. Speaking what? If we're speaking the truth... In love, we will grow and become in every respect the mature body of him who who is the head, that is Christ. What's he saying? There are some, and they're like infants, and every time there's this, this, this different teaching, they're tossed back and forth, and they're running here and there. But there's maturity that comes. How? 
speaking the truth. What is the truth? How do I know if I'm speaking the truth? For my wife, for a season, Yanni was the truth. I'll tell you, last night we came up to make sure it worked on the... And she said, I hear Laurel now. Because she heard the truth. Because she knew what the Word was saying. Everybody's laughing, Pam. Because her husband was right. Amen? Can I get an amen this morning? No one's going to say it even. But think of that. Because she discovered the truth. Because she heard what was being spoken, that's what she heard the next time she listened to it. There's spiritual discipline in knowing the truth. If we don't know the truth, how do we speak the truth? If I'm not sure if this is in the Bible or if this was something Benjamin Franklin or John Wesley said, how can I speak the truth with certainty? I've got to know the truth and speak the truth in love. We speak the truth to one another in love. And that's how we grow up strong in our faith. That's how we mature. Second Timothy says, Be diligent to present yourself to God as a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, but accurately handles the word of truth. I know where my foundation is, and I know what the word is, so I can use it accurately. And there was a story. I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw it on the internet, so it's got to be true, right? There was a Chinese kid, and he wanted to learn from a wise man. And so the way he, it, it, they said, I'll just read it because I'm not going to tell it very well. He wanted to learn about Jade. Jade. And he went to study with a talented teacher. The gentleman put a piece of the precious stone into his hand and told him to hold it tight. He said he wanted to learn about Jade, okay? So he just said, put this in your hand and carry it around. He began to talk the philosophy of men, women, the sun, and almost everything under it. After an hour, he took back the stone and sent the boy home. The procedure was repeated for several weeks, and the boy became frustrated. When am I going to learn about the jade? When are you going to teach me about the rock? So the next time he came, the old man put a stone into his hand. And he said, wait a minute, that's not jade. Why are you giving me this knockoff? You see, the only way he knew the truth was because he'd experienced the truth. We have to be intentional about experiencing the Word of God. He recognized it wasn't because of what he had learned. He recognized it wasn't because it didn't feel. There was discernment that happened in that moment. We don't spend enough time in the Word to know if it's the Word or not. We don't spend enough time holding on to the Word to know whether I'm grabbing His Word or someone else's. We have got to get uh, serious about holding on, learning, discovering, revealing, being a disciple, a student of the very Word of God. Second Timothy also says, But as for you, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of, because you know those who you learned it from. 
or from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture, it's God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You've been given the equipment to practice discernment. You've been thoroughly equipped to practice this, this discipline of discernment. You've been given the very word of God. The scripture says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word became flesh. And he made his dwelling among us. That's in John chapter 1. I've been given the very word of God. I've been given Jesus Christ. God has not only given us his word, but he's placed his spirit inside of us. He's placed his spirit inside of me. So, so we've been thoroughly equipped for this good work. This isn't something you can't do. You might say, I, I don't know well enough. Well, then start learning. Start recognizing that check when pastor says something and you say, or someone else says something, or you read the cool meme on Facebook and you say, that must be truth, but it's not the truth at all. You can come tell me my wife said something, and I probably know if she said it or not. Because I know my wife, and I know how she talks. So if you come tell me a story about what my wife did, there's discernment that happens just because I know who she is. Yeah, that doesn't sound like my wife. Yeah, definitely not my wife. Because I know her. But we wrestle with, is this God's word or is this not? It's because we need to know it better. We need to be intentional about learning what he's given us. John chapter 8. To the Jews who believed in Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are truly my disciples. If you do what? Man, just put that in your hand. Just put his teaching in your hand for a while. Just walk around, holding on to what he's given you. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? The truth will set you free. How do I know the truth? I hold on to his teaching. Where is his teaching? It's in the very word of God. Psalm says, uh, I'm the light of the world, Right? If you need to be enlightened, if you need discernment, is this truth or not, we have light that's been given us. Jesus uses that analogy as well. I'm the light of the world. Yet we walk in darkness. Yet we're deceived and easily tossed back and forth. Why? Because we're not holding on to the truth. We're not speaking the truth. We're not discovering the truth. If I'm going to be a watchman, if I'm going to protect the crop that God has for me, I have to know His voice. You guys can come forward. We've been talking in Sunday school about the kingdom of God, right? I mean, what a cool message this morning. God says, I want to start a new work in you. What a great word that is. I mean, yeah, that's exciting. Is that from God or is that from man? He said, I want to start a new work in you. And what did he say he wants to do? He, he wants to, to allow you to be able to pray for the sick and those who are hurting and they would be healed. 
Man, what, a, what, a, what an awesome call. What an awesome responsibility. But we must be equipped. We have to be equipped if we're going to do what he called us to do. We must be ready. We must be aware. We must be in the light. You ever tried to fix something in the dark? You don't get very far, do you? I don't know what they did before iPhones. <laughs> i got a flashlight all the time, but seriously. We run around in the dark and we try and fix things and do things and we wonder why things get all messed up. It's because we haven't been equipped, because we're not allowing the light of the world to shine. This morning it's just a challenge, just a remembrance, just a reminder. He who has ears. Let them hear. And this morning, if you've been here and you said, well, I heard a lot of what pastor says, but I don't know if I hear any of what God's saying. We've got a God who heals. And I know my God can touch your ears and allow you to hear. Spiritually. I know He can do it physically, but I also believe He can do it spiritually. This morning, maybe you need to pray for your ears. God, help me to hear. God, help me to understand. God, help me to know. Father, we come to You in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, I thank You for the series, and I thank You for the Word. I thank You for the challenge this morning that that You're bringing to each of our lives. And God, I pray that that as we're in this place, as we're here and now in this place this morning, that you would challenge our hearts. Am I living in spiritual discernment? Do I know the truth? Do I speak the truth? Am I holding on to the truth? And God, if there's some in this room today, I pray you would... I pray you would open their ears so they can hear. I pray you'd place a rock in their hand so they could know. I pray, God, that they would have a moment where they experience all that you are and that experience would be undeniable. They would grow to know you and your love and that we would live, God, as as disciples of Christ who recognize the truth. Why do people turn back? Why do we have followers who seem to be serving God and and doing what God said to do? They left everything. They followed Him. And then in a moment they turn back. It's because they didn't recognize the truth. God, I need to know the truth. God, I pray in this room that we know the truth. By all means, God, that we know the truth. If there's anything in the way, any self, any sin... Sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what might keep us from knowing His truth. If there's any of that, the promise is that He's given us forgiveness through Jesus Christ. He's faithful to forgive. Let's know. Lord, bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you have ears to hear. May you have ears to hear what God is speaking, what He's whispering, what He's shouting, 
what he's declaring to you this day and every day. Amen? Be blessed.